0: Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Charge Games Gamescast. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Hickey, and joining me is Jedi Master Justin. Justin, what's up, dude?
1: The, wow. My first thought was there can be only one, but that's Highlander. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'll just w- stick w- with you're gonna get. Well.
1: I'll just stick with. Hello there.
0: <laughs> and joining us is the Dark Lord of the Sith, Tyler.
2: Let the hate flow through you.
0: Are you, just, so, uh, are you trying to
1: hide your haircut? Is that what this is?
2: No, I just had this for a bit.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, everybody. We by the way, <laughs> nice haircut, boys. Hey, yeah, mm, yeah. Hey. make Justin jealous. Mm. Hey, mine's yeah. the shortest. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, actually, in the summer, I wouldn't mind having no hair just because of how humid it gets down here. Yeah. All right. Uh, but we're not here to talk about hair. We are the Charge Hot Gamecast. We are a po- weekly podcast dedicated to talking about the news and game and the games we've been playing. So, uh, assuming everything's been peachy keen, Justin, what have you been up to this week as I slowed down my mannerisms? <laughs> um, continuing
1: Ratchet and Clank, I'll say that. I beat A Crack in Time. Are the ratchets
0: ratcheting and the clankings clanking? Yes. Still, yes. Okay. Um, Awesome. The the weirdest
1: thing about A Crack in Time was that, like, I genuinely thought, like, by the by, how late into the game I was, that Ratchet and Clank just never meet up. Like, that you just do their sections separately. You know, because like Ratchet gets like some new abilities that kind of, uh, sub like, substitute for what Clank usually does. Um, and I was, like, seven or eight hours in, like, headed to the final planet. And I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. Like, it's it's at least different. And then suddenly you rescue Clank and you have him for the last, like, hour of the game. And it's, like, it's just, it, was, Why? it was weird. Like, the whole end of that game was weird. It felt really rushed. And, like, they just threw a few things at you in the end that you didn't even need to use. And I don't know. Like I was loving it, like it's it's still the i mean it's the best I shouldn't claim game, like I don't think that's any contest um but yeah, it really took a weird turn for the worse at the end, and I don't understand why um but the story's still super cool it's it's a great game uh I wanted to start um the the last one uh into the Nexus last night, um but I was trying to figure out how to load the game (laughs) um it was the first one that required a psn login which was weird because like i'm signed in on the system is there a multiplayer component to it maybe i don't know according
2: probably like a like a ranking system like yeah
1: according to like the the main uh menu there's no like multiplayer option but yeah it could be like a ranking Mm. type thing um yeah, I already shared my ordeal with signing into the PS3 when I first set it all up again. So I'm not going to go into that again, but like, I couldn't sign in. Um, and I didn't want to go through all that ordeal again, so I just cancelled that and went to the main menu. I guess you don't have to sign in, it's just like maybe you get some bonuses or something? I don't know. Um, but I got to the main menu, and the only option was continue game. Because I guess when I got the game, like however many years ago like i got it new um i had started a game and not played very far i found out um but like i had a save file on literally every other ratchet and clank game but they all had you know load game or new game um this one just said continue so like i could not start a new game uh so i just basically quit out of it and like deleted my save data like hard you know the the hard save data in the ps3 uh save data menu um and didn't bother booting the game back up to see if that worked but i will start that one next time but i have a feeling it's going to be a bit of a um a downgrade <laughs> with just the technical issues i've already had um it's also like it's kind of weird because the other ones on ps3 have all been labeled ratchet clank future and like the story has like progressed you know through each title this one is just straight up ratchet and clank into the nexus and when i loaded up my you know my continue game uh just to see where i left off and figure out if i could like restart that way a lot of the hud and stuff looked like the old ps2 games so i'm curious if this one's like a standalone because like i thought the story in a crack of time was really good like i was super into it um and if it's not like if it's back to just being a one-off i'm not sure i'll really care about this one so i don't know i'm going in kind of skeptical which probably isn't a good sign but maybe it'll surprise me um but yeah anyway aside from that uh i i had some extra time over the weekend and i didn't know what to do with it because i don't know how to handle my free time anymore um yeah And so I booted up uh, Infamous Second Son. um, Oh! Because I watched the Completionist video on the first Infamous. And I actually never played one or two. Um, But I own Second Son on PS4. And played a little bit of it. uh, But, like, I got kind of... It's one of those where, like, I just got lost in the open world and never went back to it. Um, So I thought I'd give it another try. Because I remember, like, really liking the characters and stuff. Um... So I just downloaded it through the backwards compatibility, like the PlayStation Plus collection or whatever. um, And went through kind of like the opening tutorial and stuff again when you first like uh, up until you first get into Seattle and like it opens up a little bit. Um, I, I do enjoy like the presentation and stuff of the game, but it's the controls are chunky. Maybe it's just not my style of thing, but like it feels like a third person shooter, but you're a superhero essentially.
0: Yeah, that's how the uh, first uh, the 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 two on PS3 are. Yeah, and you're pretty much. I don't know. There's something about the fact that like
1: it it encourages you to do mostly ranged combat, like your mm-hmm. little like pew pew smoke thing, um, and that doesn't feel good to do, because it's like your reticle is tied to your camera and then you have you know your stick for movement um so you're not really like aiming down the sights or anything you're just kind of like like flat like shooting loosely and so it never felt super accurate uh but if you get up close and try to do melee like you take way too much damage um and stealth has never been my strong suit either so that's, that doesn't help but I don't know I'll probably I'll probably give it some more time but I kind of just wanted something random to play as a you know as a one-off so if I never go back to it it's not a big deal um but I mean graphically and stuff it it holds up pretty well like it was like a launch title I think for PS4 yeah it was
2: yes it
1: was yeah and it has some goofy like uh touchpad gimmicks in it
0: ah that's how you know it's a launch title yeah
1: exactly um it reminds me of Wretched and Clank Tools of Destruction with like so many motion things because of the six axes. The, the six axes. Uh-huh. And this yeah. one, like, the whole gimmick was the touchpad. So, like, you start the game by holding the controller sideways and shaking it for, like, to, uh, like a like graffiti game. Um, and then you... I think you, uh, hold the R2 and, like, move the controller around to, like, spray um... And then there's certain points when you, like, uh, click in the touchpad or, like, swipe on it or something to, like, like break open a door or, like, pull smoke from a vent and that kind of, like, it's just, it's little things that, like, I get it, it's an extra button, but it feels totally unnecessary. <laughs> um, admittedly, most games don't use the touchpad at all, so at least it's something, but it's kind of lame.
2: Yeah, most games relegate it to, like, the pause button because... Right. Uh... Options and share buttons um, have to replace start and select, because why wouldn't they?
1: Right. Uh, and I remember, like, I think it was Diablo 3, like the console version of that. You could uh, use the touchscreen for, like, mouse controls and the menus. Um, and those That's kind of things neat. are nice. Like, they're optional, but, you know, they're they're a quality of life thing. Um, I don't like the when it's, it's just a gimmick that you have to do. Um, but yeah. Other than that, just more of the uh, more of the mobile games. Um, I've gotten like more obsessed with the diecast game um, to the point where I actually, uh, I guess they had a random like rival cup going on where like um, there was like a you know a grand prize winner or whatever, and then like second, third, and I think like a runner-up place. Um, and I didn't know what was going on, but, like, I looked down and I was in second place. (laughs) Um, like, just right behind first place. So I apparently am, like, pretty good at this game. Um, it's it's hard to tell, because you always get paired up against people that are your same rank. So you never really feel like you're getting better, or, like, you know, your character's getting stronger or anything. Because you're always going against people that are about the same level as you. But, um... There's some cool, like, later game mechanics that I didn't know about at first. So, at a certain point, like, you can max out the, uh, the rank for your characters and the bases. Um, like, when you use enough gold and resources and stuff to level them up. Um, and when you max out the heroes, you get the ability to unlock equipment. Uh, which is another, like, collectible type thing that just gives you, like, kind of minor stat boosts. Um, I think of it like Paragon Levels and Diablo 3. Where, like, you have your max level, and then, like, every Paragon level just, like, adds, like, you know, 1% to your skills or something like that. Uh, just Blanket. Um, and this is kind of similar. Like, it it adds a percent increase to your attack power or your HP or whatever um, as you get the equipment and, like, level up those ranks. Um, and the bases, once you max them out, you get the ability to craft, uh, so you can basically like junction your highest level heroes to the base, um, to get like just a like a set number of resources every five minutes or so, um, and that like that max can be raised also. Uh, so it's not a lot, but like in a free to play game, like free resources are huge. Um. So I, I've kind of gotten to the point where like. I play a little bit to get all of my treasure slots maxed out, um, and like you know, clear out my crafting so I can continue that, and like close out any achievements and stuff I have, and then I move on to something else because like I'm kind of like I've hit a wall on it. Like I love playing it, but like I can only go so far. Uh, like the battle pass thing, for example, um, the last like five ranks or so of it are time gated which is kind of annoying so like you reach whatever you know rank you're at and then you have to wait like 12 hours or whatever for the next one to unlock um and the battle pass like resets at the beginning of the next month so they kind of prevent you from actually finishing the battle pass until the end of the month even if you've paid for it which isn't great um because I'm earning enough points to move on. I just it, my the progress doesn't count because the next rank isn't open yet. Um and I don't really like that. Like I I paid for the battle pass. So I should be able to complete it as fast as I want. <laughs> Give me my shit. Right. I understand locking something behind a paywall, but not a paywall and a time wall. <laughs> um
0: sounds like you need to find a time mage.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there, there's a lot of timers in this game, um, for better or worse. And at a certain point, it's just waiting on the timers to finish up. But um, yeah, that's mostly it. I grabbed a few of the uh, like the mobile card games, like the Magic uh, Sh- Magic Arena, I think it's called Strixhaven. Um, which I thought I had before but I guess it was a different Magic game because this one's like taking me through tutorials and it doesn't look familiar but I had there was like an official Magic card like digital card game that I had tried and I couldn't quite figure out the game Um, but like the, the layout of the board and everything is different on this one so I don't know if there's two or if like they updated it and it's drastically different but It most likely is. Yeah, and then I picked up uh, the Elder Scrolls Legends card game again. Um, Because I really enjoyed that when I played it originally. I just kind of got stuck on the story missions because it was very, like, um, like, if you don't purchase card packs, you're screwed. So I'm trying to remind myself how to play that. (laughs) Uh, Because I already did the tutorial stuff. So it just kind of, like, it carried over my progress when I reinstalled it. So I have all of these cards and things that I haven't played like in over a year. Um, but, yeah, if you have either of those, any, anyone out there, if you have either of those and want to uh, walk me through some, some battles, uh, I will fight you. But don't expect me to be good. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, help me learn.
2: <laughs> fight me, I will lose. Right.
1: I didn't want to say it like that. But,
0: yeah, basically... <laughs> All right. Is that is that it, buddy? I think so. All right, uh Tyler, besides the new haircut, my guy, what have you been up to?
2: Um not a whole lot differently, honestly. Uh I've gotten a bit of progress done with uh Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth: Hacker's Memory. God, that is a mouthful. <laughs> um the main most of the main party members are all Megas now. So Ben's Lilymon is now Rosemon, complete with uh, revealing assets, which uh, I'm, I'm honestly shocked that uh, if they ever made the supporting characters Megas in the original Digimon adventure, it wouldn't be classified as a kid's show anymore. <laughs> mostly because wow. of Rosemon.
1: Gotta wow. send her to Thorny Jail. <laughs> nice. She, she's I awesome. remember that. Christ. Come on, that was good.
2: And speaking of uh, godliness, uh, Justin is also a mega. Uh, he went from Angemon last week all the way up to Seraphimon, which is pretty much the best party member on the entire team because his seven star strike attack not only hits every enemy uh, on the screen but it also multi-hits seven times. So, And couple that with his absurdly high intelligence stat, which is pretty much used for like magical attacks, and it's pretty much a one hit nuke. Nice. Yeah, wow. Justin is definitely the strongest member on the team so far. We just uh, damage Damn that it.
1: Isn't physical. Err. Um. Seven is my favorite number, so that's that's cool. Yeah. Well,
2: it's also all works. The, num- the number
0: the number of the gods too. So. Hmm.
2: Yeah, totally fitting. Uh, especially considering that Seraphimon is one of the three gods of the digital world. But that's neither here nor there. Nice. As I for, am a uh, god. Guy, <laughs> yeah, as for, as for my guy, he's still stuck his War Grauman, mostly because of uh, the high ADI requirements for Gallantmon. That, I'm trying to get him to Megidramon, which is the big red lizard with no legs from Digimon Tamers. Uh, you remember that, Ben, right? vague uh, when, that, I have a... when Leomon dies and he's forced to digivolve into Mega and turns into a big red monstrosity that's what I'm trying to go for
0: I have a vague uh, memory of, of that of yeah. Tamers honestly
2: but yeah Tamers is great uh, I would definitely recommend watching the last two seasons before getting to that but anyway um, as the rest of the team I have Thomas up to Metal Greymon, I've got Low up to Leomon um uh, what else it. do I have on there? Uh I believe I have Ten Button Gamer as uh Wormon. Nice
1: and I'm working him oh. up to
2: Imperial jamon which is the dude with the guns, and
1: oh,
0: eventually turning him into cool, a dragon dude. Fucking cool line. I guess God be a dragon? Damn it. This this game is twenty bucks on Switch right now, and you're making me want to fucking buy it when I have no time to play it.
2: Yeah, right. And uh I'm also working to uh get the Hack Hacker's Memory exclusive Digimon, Susano Oman, which is pretty much the Digital World's reset button. Uh, cool. It's basically uh, Digimon Frontier's equivalent to Omnimon, which is pretty much a combination between a Greymon type and a Garurumon type, but it's honestly kind of cooler looking. Uh, look it up when you get the chance, Susano Oman. It's the best part of uh, Digimon Frontier. Um uh, okay. But yeah, I've been uh, working my way up at that. I'm pretty far in the game by now. I think I'm about halfway done. I don't know. It's been a while since I last beat Hacker's Memory. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, just yesterday, uh, I got my hands on a new game on Steam called Everhood, uh, mostly because I was watching Calliope Mori stream it yesterday, and it looked pretty sick, so I, won't, I felt like giving it a shot after giving her a super chat, of course, but that's neither <laughs> here or there. Uh, basically, the whole point of the game is uh, you're a red doll marionette that uh, is broken apart, and his uh, one of his arms is taken by a blue thief. And you start the game uh, coming back to life and chasing down this blue thief to get your arm back. And uh, the way battles are conducted is that this is basically... A sort of a rhythm game where instead of matching like um, rhythms or beats or whatever, you're trying to dodge them. so like enemies are like playing uh, different songs in every battle, and you have to dodge all the notes that uh, they're sending at you. Um, you basically have to like move to the left or right on like five different planes, and you occasionally have to jump out of the way of some of them but some of the notes are too tall for you to jump over, so you just have to dodge them. The trick is, they go by really quick, because the music is honestly pretty high-octane at points. Uh, It's basically like if Daft Punk never broke up, and they made a video game. Wow. So yeah, needless to say, the music's pretty fucking good, and uh, I find myself in the zone at points when I'm trying to dodge all this shit. It's honestly kind of fun. Uh... I got up to the point where uh, I caught Callie's stream, uh, which is pretty much uh, when gnomes attack you and uh, the entire thing becomes trippy as all hell. Like, there's a point where, like, the entire screen flips over and you have to dodge accordingly upside down. And oh, wow. Are, and it and it turns into pure trip town. Like, uh, all the visuals turn into, like, a 70s music video. Like, it is trippy as hell, and... Funny enough, that's exactly where I caught her stream, uh, and I was like, what the hell is this? This looks awesome. The music's really good, too. Like, I am tempted to buy the soundtrack for this because that's also available on there. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's It's got a lot of variety, the soundtrack to Everhood, so...
1: Yeah, this looks really cool. Like, I love the art style.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind It kind of reminds me of Undertale a bit. You know, if instead of, like, Earthbound-esque RPG, it's kind of like an anti-rhythm game. Like, the concept behind it's really cool. And later down the line, apparently there's, like, a boss fight that, like, flips the whole battle system on its head. And uh, you have to fight a battle outside of the battle system. Like, you're just moving the overworld, just dodging all this shit.
1: Hmm. Why is the main character Geno?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he kind of <laughs> looks like Gino from Super Mario RPG. Yeah, but red. Yeah.
1: Um, Let's check this out. oh uh, yeah. I love rhythm games.
2: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm really glad I invested time in that. But uh, other than that, I haven't really been playing a lot, honestly. So I guess that'll do for me.
0: All right. Uh, okay, thank you, Tyler, for that. So I've, I have pretty much am... As Okay, I hate to say this, but I'm putting Baby Default on the shelf because I tried to pick it up again, and then I was like, okay, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, and I went to a boss fight. I'm like, hey, it didn't have me do much. It just had me pretty much go into the city, do a side quest, like, find this thing, and next thing I'll find the boss. Boss fights me out in, in, like, one turn. I'm like, <laughs> all right, fuck this. Uh, it's just like, you, like, I hate when games tell me you have the option to go to three different places that me tells me every uh, everything should be leveled accordingly so why the fuck am i getting knocked the fuck out and i fight everything i did i did all the side quests even though all it does is give you worse equipment than you already have sometimes it gives you money but sometimes like it's just worth to fight for the experience oh my god it's just it, it just really like i'll probably come back to it and just blow through it on easy mode and just play through the story because I'm just obviously not happy with it. I'm just. I, it sounds I, I think like the it's... Final
2: Fantasy three problem, where there's a point where it's all like you should have all your dudes be dragoons for this one fight, and it, <sighs> and if you don't do it, then you're pretty much screwed.
0: I don't even think it's that bad. It's just. I don't know if it's a level requirement. I don't know because I'm like, why am I getting killed like this much when I have the best equipment? I've done all the side quests. I have my jobs are like in the in like lo, like 10 or 9, so I have a lot of skills max. So either I'm not doing something wrong or, or, or I don't have like I shouldn't have to mech maximize optimize my party to enjoy this game. Like, I that's how I played the first two games. Like, you obviously can do that and be like, and I thought about doing that, but I don't have time for that anymore. So Right as of right now, Brave Default Two is going down as my biggest disappointment this year. Like it's just not doing it for me like the original first two games did. And like, is maybe I'll, that'll change? And I need a break from it, a long break, and I'll come back because it's not exactly a, it. it te- you know, I can pick it up. It'll tell me wh- where I need to go next, what I'm doing. So it's not like I'll get lost or anything. Um, not to mention, I've talked about how the um, the stability issues with the game are are a problem. The the freezing, the the frame rate, the camera it's just feel yeah whatever it's fine i don't wanna, i don't want to talk too much but like it just it just sucked to just say i'm done uh for now at least but that did leave me to like well fuck i want to play something on my switch and i wasn't sure exactly what i wanted to play i thought about the turning on um uh uh the roguelike game uh, that everybody talked about a couple years ago not hades but the one before that that i can't think of right now um thomas is probably screaming Dead at yes i thought about that i'm like no i think i'm gonna save that for a stream i feel like i owe my stream a like a a, some kind of um game like that so i'll probably i was like you know what save that for that i thought about starting indivisible like since i've officially taken it off my stream and playing that for myself but like well maybe i want to come back to it on stream so then i was looking i was like well here's blasphemous uh for those of you don't know blasphemous this came out I think it's Team Seventeen. I think it's the same team that published helped published Ukulele. Uh, um, it's a Metroidvania, so that like I didn't know that, but it's a Metroidvania where you play uh, as a called the Silent One, and it's basically like the the Middle Ages on cr- not the Middle Ages the Dark Ages on crack, um, and I say that with all sincerity because uh, you have your main character is silent, lots of gore like those horrible like horrifying like uh medieval paint like paintings you'll see that but like way scarier um and like since you being like the like you'll see people so basically it's it's very similar to dark souls in setup where like there's a curse over the land and you are coming here to save it you come up across a village and like people are suffering from famine it's really awful you see people like in the back, and, like, number one, this game looks beautiful, but I get that, but, like, you see people, like, hung upside down, crucifix style, like, it's not, it's, it's gory, like, it's, it's it knows what kind of image it, it wanted to paint for you, um, but I was like, well, let me try this, and the, the trailers and the, and the thing kind of made me think, well, is this gonna be a Dark Souls thing, kind of thing, where it's gonna try to be hard, and maybe it's just, like, my skill, and I don't want to brag too much or anything, but I—I was expect, I well, I didn't expect, I didn't expect it to find it hard, and it wasn't hard. It was more like it. it honestly felt relaxing to play it. Like I never felt too stressed out when combat situations like it, Like sometimes there were moments where like you have to fight these enemies that like can disappear over a bridge that will like collapse after you stand up for too long. But I never felt like oh God oh God oh god I never felt like that um, it feels very fair um if everything feels good number one thing I, I, I I'll, when I'm dealing with hard games is how does how is my movement and how does my combat feel combat feels fine you get a slash you can slash up you, can, you eventually you can get an upgrade to slash down um, but uh, walk speed is great you got a good dash button that's reactable you can actually upgrade that dash to do like a slashing attack it's pretty good um, but uh like it's just it just feels good to play um and it doesn't and, and it 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 did what a good metroidvania does it in and t- me to explore to finding what next gothic horror I'm going to come up to next like there's uh there's this dude you'll meet and I thought it was a boss room because like it's a big empty room uh and boss fights I've only done two boss fights but so far boss fights feel feel pretty fair like you can tell you can, you'll see a pattern and there's a pattern go for it it's up to your skill to do it and uh, like one like grant it's early i'm so early in the game but i want i hope this continues onward um but like there's this dude you meet who like helps you get an upgrade and he's like nailed his feet are nailed to a board so he's constantly like kneeling um and like he has a face growing out of his stomach like cuz it's like it's like a elder visage thing it's weird. the whole story is kind of oh, like recall. yeah the the story isn't like um abstract or anything it pretty much tells you what it is but it's kind of hard to explain you kind of have to play it to understand it and you kind of have to pay attention to the the details to understand like the big picture but basically what you're doing is you're trying to visit i think three of these visages who are and you have to enter this ethereal plane it's a whole thing and to like free the land of free i think free the land of the curse but i don't really care about it i just think the exploration is neat the the and the comet is neat you have um the upgrade system is pretty cool you have a rosary uh bead uh that you carry around that you basically as you travel throughout the world you can get rosary knots and you can go visit this one person uh who can basically who's like a ghost spirit ghost thing a ghost basically that will basically add those knots to your rosary so you can have more buffs to you you have relics that'll like you can add on or off it's it adds a lot of stuff to change your gameplay i think um you just got to find that stuff um god but talk about horrific imagery like and I kept thinking, well, how the fuck am I going to expand my health? So, the, and it's like happens early on. I think after you beat the first boss fight, there's this tall, half-naked woman, and this is why I'm glad I didn't I, I didn't stream it on stretch on on Twitch because she's literally like half like naked. You don't see you know anything down there, but you see her boobs. But like she's impaled through with swords, and she it's like a curse that she has or something. And it's just like, oh, what the fuck? There's a lot of that me playing the games like, what the fuck? kind of imagery when I see, and especially especially when it comes to the enemies, and also, this game is very fucking violent, it's, it's, like, very gory for a sprite-based game, or, uh, god, like, the way some of the enemies kill you, the way you kill the enemies, uh, sometimes, and I don't know what triggers it when you're fighting enemies, uh, occasionally, like, like, I think if you beat them enough, or beat them a certain way, um, X, you can press X to, to, to basically do, like, a got a war style finish one, like some of them like carry like a big ass tombstone, like not tombstone, but something on them on their back. You can shove that down on them. One of them, you can like basically pull their neck off and you can hear the neck bones, like being ripped up. Like, Oh God. Um, it's and especially when like, and some of them is like you hack them to death. Like you slice their head off a certain way and you can hear the way the sound design is amazing. Cause you can hear the sword go here and, and it's just like, oh, God. The but it's viscera. also really cool. Yeah, it's, it's very visceral. And because of that, I'm going to stop talking about it because that's going to be my next video. I'm going to talk about this game because I want to talk Eight about like, how, how it's like simultaneously horrifying yet calming to play at the same time. It's weird. But I need to talk about this game more. So I'm going to play it more, do a video on it for next. So that's my next video. There you go. You just um, said that you were glad you didn't have it on Twitch, though, because of the naughty bits. Oh, I don't have to. Here's the thing about YouTube: I don't have to show that part. I can edit that part out. Versus on Twitch, yeah, I don't. It's it's work. I know it could. Have to,
2: or if you have to have those parts, then you can just edit my face over the naughty bits.
0: <laughs> yeah, that car that requires effort, but that requires effort, and maybe I could do that, but I'd rather not because I'd rather the focus be on my words. But that's a, that's another thing altogether. Um, but yeah, Blasphemous is me my next video because I, I need to talk about this game. I, I really do. It's it's really striking a chord with me. Um, especially having dumped Bravely Default hard like I did. So I'm glad I'm playing it. I'm still in the middle of it. I, I officially found my way to the icy cavern area, which is really cool, and it has cool wind yeah. physics. <laughs> and, like again, just go look at the backgrounds from this game. As horrifying as the imagery that they put in front of you, it's beautiful. Like, from its backgrounds, there's, there's really nice backgrounds of, like, the vistas and how horrifying they are, and... Like, it really ca- it really captures its mortesque beauty, if, if I'm going to sum it up in two words. I don't know if that's a word. Mortesque? Um, more t- I don't know. I, might I don't have just think it's a word, but I kind of like it. Yeah, mortesque beauty. It, there sounds, you go.
2: Like it, it sounds like it could be fashionable.
0: i got to remember that to put that as the title of my YouTube video. <laughs> uh, either way, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I want to say my thoughts for when I, that video comes out, hopefully in June. Uh, late June, early July, so uh, look for that next. Uh, other game I started, uh, surprisingly, and I didn't know this happened, but, uh, during the second day of my recovery from the COVID vaccine shot, which by the way, fully vaccinated. Woohoo. Um, Whoop. so, uh, I was like, I'm okay. I'm feeling kind of better. And at that time, and, and so like I hadn't started, I, uh, I was like, well, what do I want to play? I usually try like to browse the e-shop, not necessarily to buy anything, but just to look for stuff to add to my wishlist. So I don't fucking lose it. Later on, like, well, that seems interesting, and we'll just add in, we'll, you know, if it becomes cheap enough or if I'm bored enough, I'll buy it. Um, and then I saw that Fighting EX Layer, another dash, is officially on Switch. Now, you may ask yourself, Ben, didn't Fighting EX Layer come out a couple years ago? Yes, it did. Uh, this is a new, this is technically a new game. So, when Fighting EX Layer came out, like, I think on PS4 and PC, uh, it was pretty much Fighting EX Layer. If you never played it, uh, the original games on the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, it was basically, it was called Street Fighter EX. Uh, and the big thing about that game that people remember is, is that you can basically super combo into super combo into super combo. It's nuts. Uh, and so they brought it back a couple years ago. So I think earlier this year, they had announced it at the uh, FGC development, the the fighting game developers yeah, round table that they had, um, that this was coming, ex- for now at least to Switch. I don't know what they said about other consoles yet. Um, and it's, so the big thing about uh, Fighting EXR when it first came out, the new one is that it had a thing called the Gogi system, which is basically a loadout. So, like a loadout. So, like I can't remember the specifics, but basically higher damage, better run speed, stuff like that. You know, it would basically change the way the game played, and not everybody liked that, just because it changed too much of it, or some things were just too overpowered. I don't know, but I, it looked like a fun game as its neutral as its base core. So this game gets rid of the Gogi system entirely. And it's just straight up fighting the X-Layer, uh, uh, which is really great. I won't lie, resolution takes a hit and there's some frame rate problems, but uh, it did feel good. Also, for casual players, there is a, like a, it's called progressive mode, which I think that's that's a nice nomer. Uh, so instead of doing, like, can motions or quarter circle forward motions or full circle motions, you can just do forward and punch. Back and punch or forward back and punch to do your input. So if that – like similar to Power Rangers, has, how they done. So if you have to does that too. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, so it's there. Here's also the boss part. There is a free version of the game that you can download right now. It comes with uh, Hokuta – not Hokuta. Um, it comes with one, two, four characters you can play immediately. It's pretty much the Ryu, the Zangief, the Chun-Li – and oh, I can't remember who the fourth character is. Uh, is it
2: Skullomania? Because I'll play. No, if that's the case. no
0: Skullo- They would not let you play for Skullomania. as free because they want you to pay nah. for Skullomania. Uh, Skullomania is the Skull Crusher. He's the most popular character in that fucking series. He's so um, cool. Yeah. Uh, and this. All- by the way, this game also has Terry fucking Bogard from uh, from King of Fighters. Of so, uh, and here's the kicker: the game is only twenty five dollars. Um, but I'll get to that in a moment. So, if you just, like, if you, like, if you just want to try it, see how, like, mechanically how it works and how, like, system-wise, unfortunately, you don't get access to training mode. You only get access to versus mode, which, hey, that's useful if you want to play with a friend real quick. Uh, you get access to versus mode, arcade mode, and that's about it. Um, you don't really, you don't get online, you don't get training mode or anything like that. Um... But the base package is only $25 to get all the characters. So I think it's like 15 I think it's a decent sized roster. And like it's a Terry, terry from there. All the characters that they've shown for fighting X-layer are there. So it's, it's a really cool package. And I just don't know. only reason I haven't bought it yet is because I don't know what the netcode situation is. I haven't looked far into that. If I think the last version uh upgraded to uh GGPL or rollback net code so if this one has it and granted the switch infrastructure isn't exactly amazing but if it can run it enough well to where I don't notice it it's fine um cuz i would be looking to, i would like to play with you guys at some point cuz it's it's a, it's a fun game that can be busted in the wrong hands yep. um so yeah go check that out it's again it's fighting a slayer another dash it's, you know, free to, down, free to start, as Nintendo likes to say. Um, so it's not a Street Fighter game? It... Okay, um... It, no, but... The it, deal it, was
2: that uh, it was Arika characters uh, and uh, Street Fighter characters for the Street Fighter EX games, and that's yeah. where uh, those characters first came on. Yeah. This new game uh, is basically just those Arika characters uh, that has a... Uh, a fine-tweaked engine of uh, those games.
0: Yeah. so it, But if you've played Street Fighter, it pretty much... Like, in terms of its core mechanics, like how movement works, how stuff like that works, it pretty much plays a lot like an early 90s, mid-90s Capcom fighting game. Since Eureka was made... Uh, like, a, a lot of ex-Street Fighter 2 devs made up Arika. Um, I think the... I could be wrong, but I think the original one of the original developers for Street Fighter 2 currently works at Eureka and worked on this game. So, and the, you can definitely feel it, and that's a good thing because Street Fighter Two Turbo yeah. is still one of the one of the best games to play. Still, uh, just to pick up and start, um, it's just that unlike Street Fighter Two. So, say for example, say for example, I could do crouching medium kick and then double for do, uh, do a super. I can then, as long as I have bar, I can do super into super into super, and it gets it's it just ridiculous. turns into
2: Killer Instinct.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, and, like, there's other movements, stuff like that. It has Command Normal, stuff like that. But it, it, so far, it felt very fun. Um, I, I I just, I need to know more about the online situation uh, before I, I progress, I, before I purchase it. Because I don't want to, it's kind of bare, I mean, it's not bare bones. I mean, you get a full arcade mode, you get a full roster, and if you got a friend to play with, it's perfectly fine. But And it's at $25, it's not that bad of a deal, honestly, considering fucking Sh- Street Fighter Five launched for 60 and look what I got. Okay, everybody got at that time. So Uh, it's just again, it's gonna. If you played the PC version, it's definitely gonna not look nearly as good. But it's expected to be with Switch. Um, The other and finally, I think I'm gonna round it off with. um, I started up Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm finally here, the third game of the series, and holy crap! Like I. I guess this is what happens like you just miss an entire console generation because you <laughs> just don't see, like, all the graphics. So, like, the game right up front gives you the option between resolution or frame rate. I have a nice TV. I've had it for 10 years. Works great. Looks, still looks great. 1080p. Awesome TV. I love my TV. Um, so I chose frame rate because, like, well, the resolution's not really going to matter to me that much. Uh, too bad. And, oh, my God. This game, like, like 95 98% of the time runs at 60 FPS in game. It's ridiculous. Like and also it's it it looks dumb gorgeous. Like not just looking at Lara herself, but just the environments themselves, everybody themselves. It's a, it's crazy to me. Especially now I've done more looking into game development and how like how intricate that stuff is, like how they go from 2015's rise to I think this came out in 2018 within three years like the animations are better, the small little like facial dot di- like facial expressions are better. Obviously like the better frame rate. Combat system feels the same. Stealth uh they added a new element to stealth where now she can like hide on walls like vegetation, so that's kinda neat. But otherwise it still pretty much feels the same. So and that's perfectly fine. Hey, don't fucking tweak what wasn't broken in the last game. Um I haven't really started it, but I do love the one thing that's kind of making me interested about this game is I kind of like it's pushing this narrative that Laura is basically becoming her father. This basically obsessed with stopping Trinity and and finding out this next mystery. And it's really fucked. I don't I don't know if this is gonna happen, but basically the first mission is in Mexico, which is really cool. Um, I didn't I don't know anything about this game. I saw. Like a gameplay demo of it when it was coming out, but I, story-wise, I have no idea. So as much as my surprise, this game takes place in South America, like Central South America, which is like really cool. Um, you know, it opens up, I, I, I think, on Dia de los Muertos just because everyone's wearing skeleton masks yeah. and everyone's going to vigils. So, uh, like, yeah, wow, I wanted to I tell you I, about
1: that Day of the Dead opening, but then I decided not to spoil it for you because it's so visually yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's such and like. Just look at any photos in like of Mexico on Dia de los Muertos. It's 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 a striking imagery. And it was really cool to see that. I don't. I can't recall too many games to use um, at least in a good way, uh, Dia de los Muertos. So, but Grim Fandango. So, <laughs> that was that's true, but that was like years ago. Um, I, I should say recently. That's also a bad example. Um, I was joking. <laughs> yeah, I will. I I don't. I can't attest to that since I've never played it. I own it, but I never played it. Um, but, uh, so, basically, like, Lara is pretty much still setting off that problem that, like, she needs to carry the world on her shoulder, and she, she, it's a race to to stop Trinity from getting this relic, and it's this knife, and she sees this mural that if the knife is removed and not put into a specific place, basically, a po- the apocalypse is gonna happen, and as soon as she does it, she removes the, the this knife from this pedestal, um, all of a sudden like you know kind of have like everybody kind of has that feeling where like you stop moving and like you feel something's wrong in the room like what something happened what happened like nobody has to say anything and tremors start happening all of a sudden this poor town in mexico just gets biblically flooded it was ridiculous um and that's the only time the frame rate I notice like dip when like there's a point where the water comes into the town <laughs> and the frame rate just dropped to like 15 fPS I'm like okay fair you can't you're not gonna be perfect on even on this machine I'm not gonna be pissed about that uh, but it seems like Lara herself is seemingly triggered the end of the world uh, because they're on their way to the to the destination to this lost city Um and then all they're just hit by this freak rainstorm. Like, what the fuck's going on? So I want to see if they go through with it. But I also like how they're really pushing the tension with her fr- her friendship um, with her friend Jonah, who's been there since the first game. Um, they kind of pushed it a little bit in the second one, where like he runs he runs off without her and he kind of disappears. But here, there's a great scene where they're like in the awe of the devastation, they're like what like kind of have that shock. Of, like, what the fuck do we what's did I do like Laura's kind of like, did I do this? Is it my fault? Kind of have that kind of self-pitting moment. But like Jonah's like, we have to help these people. That's what we could do right now. Let's focus on what we do right now. And Laura's like, no, we have to leave now to go stop Trinity. And he basically gets in her face. I'm like, no, you can't, you need to stop doing this. It's not always about you. We have to help these people. And like, you could tell Laura wants to say something, but she's like, "Mm, okay, fine. Like reluctantly says it. Um, and I, I like that. God, I, I, feel like people just i kind of hate that people just kind of shun lara's characterization oh she becomes a psychopathic murderer i'm like yeah she kills characters like and she kind of like in the first game she reveled in it because they kidnapped her friend but like come on i don't i don't think she's any more psychopathic killer if anything she's more obsessed driven because of, of like mythology like her father than like a psychopathic killer that's the thing people should be talking about but they don't because they just focus on the kill count um so, like, but I like that tension that it's building with, with the friendship. It makes their friendship feel like more genuine, in all honesty, despite that, that fight. Also, last thing I'll say is the last thing I did before we had to do the show was Lara had to fight some jaguars, and I, co- I confused them for leopards, which apparently I don't know my, my cats. Shame on me. Um, but there's a moment where Lara is climbing out of this, like, little cave. And she's trying to lift this rock for Jonah to come through, and in all of it. And God, this is fucking modern graphics. This fucking jaguar leaps behind her, scratches her back, and like, oh, I could feel that, and then like bites into her shoulder. I'm like, oh my God, stop, let her go, let her go. And I'm like, thank God I changed costumes, uh, because Jesus, I don't want to see those wounds. I just don't want to see that. Uh, that being said, if you own the definitive edition of this game, you can play as PS1 Lara and you can play as PS2 nice. Lara. And I was like, I thought about it, I'm like, do I play as PS1 Lara right now? I'm like, no. Just like, another playthrough. Like a Polygon Accurate? Yes. I mean it looks it's
1: nicer. Like a, weird. It's like but, a
2: Love Gear Solid 4 where you can play as PS1 Snake.
0: Yeah.
1: I was thinking uh, Mario Odyssey when you do the Mario sixty four costume. That's
2: awesome.
0: I was example. same idea. And it like it's basically, it's poly you can see the polygons just like very it's just like very very, very smooth looking. I think the PS2 one that you can get is... It's actually not that bad. It's just, like, for th- my first playthrough, I think I'll, I'll stick to, like, the regular Lara costumes mm-hmm. because, like, I, I want to be into the narrative. And it just... Just by putting it on once, it's like, okay, this is taking me out of it. I need I need this, I need this change. But so it, I didn't deep. know it was in there. Yeah, I didn't know it was in there because I think that was in there exclusively on the PlayStation. I know on the on the second one, the exclusive, like you, there was, like, the 20th Century pack, and you could play as PS1 Lara on... Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider um, But uh, I can definitely see why it's called Shadow of the Tomb Raider Because Lara is constantly living in her father's shadow Even though he's long dead So that's that's my reason it's, why it's called it now
1: It's also about an eclipse
0: That that too, yeah But I haven't gotten to the eclipse part yet And I can tell in the box art Yeah. Um, so, but also like the shadow of her father And her father's death And all that stuff um,
2: I found you, faker
0: yeah, but seriously, this this game visually is blowing my fucking mind. And the, the, the lush jungles of, of South America are a welcome change to the cold uh, Siberian uh, plains of Russia. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what else I'll find. Um, but I think that's all I've been playing for this week. So with that, we're going to take an ad break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the news as I try not to hiccup. Hey, Amelia Watson. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're back. Okay.
2: We're back. Right. A dinosaur story.
0: No, don't bring up that awful movie. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> but it's John not, Goodman, though. It's not really a good movie at all. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Charged Out Games, Cast. It is time for the news. And as the summer is approaching, actually the summer is already here, no, we not. have... Is, I thought it was officially. Well, it's summer called is June whatever. 21st, I believe. Who cares? The Mayan calendar is wrong. Speaking of the Mayan calendar, Final Fantasy Seven Remake comes out in a few weeks, and now Justin has the details. Justin, what are the details of Final Fantasy VII Ah, uh, It's Intergrade. I need the details on right.
1: how the Mayan calendar is related to Final Fantasy Seven Remake.
0: Because that's how Sephiroth... G- Sephiroth G- uses the mining calendar to count the days down for when Meteor comes down. There you
1: go. Okay, that checks out. Um, so we got some new information and screenshots for the Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, uh, which is the PS5 next-gen upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, the Probably. remake of Final Fantasy VII Remake, if you will. And it also includes the new uh, Yuffie chapter, which is called something, I don't remember. Um But yeah, we get some information on uh the... Intermission,
0: episode intermission. That's all it, it's that's all it is.
1: Yeah, sure. Um on characters Nero and Scarlet, which I mean Scarlet was in remake, I don't know if that they need to mention that. Um as well as the new synergized attacks with Yuffie and her companion co Something. something. Um, Sonon. Yeah. The Fort Condor minigame and the additional summon Rama. Ramu. How do you how do you guys yeah, say Rama.
0: that? Uh, I always I say, say Ramu. Ramu. Yeah, Ramu.
1: Yeah. I always say Ramu, Ramu. but I, I think
0: the actual
1: uh the ac- actual pronunciation is Rama. I don't
0: know. Oh Rama Mama. Yeah, so God,
1: That's we don't okay. mama, mama.
0: We don't care about official pronunciation. We're American.
1: That's true kate sith Alright, so amidst the confusion of Mako Reactor 5's destruction Wutai makes its move on the city of Midgar Uh, This is the description for episode intermission Yuffie and her partner Sonon, two elite ninja operatives for the Wutaian government have been assigned a dangerous mission to steal the Shinra Electric Power Company's most powerful materia like you do uh, together with Avalanche HQ's support, they cross behind enemy lines to reclaim their homeland's former glory and exact revenge long in the making. Unbeknownst to Yuffie, however, the Wheel of Fate is turning and unforeseen consequences await. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Damn it. Uh,
1: um. So yeah, this introduces uh, technically new character, Nero. Uh, I believe he is... Tangentially related to uh, Crisis Corps or George of Cerberus.
2: He looks like one of those dudes, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Nero is a member of an elite unit with Deep Ground known as the Svits. I guess. Svits. As a result of the experiment that brought him into the world, he has the power to control darkness. Dubbed Nero the Sable, not Nero the Hero, by some. No. He lives up to that title by engulfing whatever he pleases into a vast abyss. So he's
2: basically Ansem from Kingdom Hearts, gotcha. He is my
1: he... depression. Uh, he's also- which the...
0: it's actually- It actually is gonna be Ansem.
1: <sighs> um, God damn it, Nomura. He's also the younger brother of Vice the Immaculate, whom he practically worships. Oh. Oh, I think it's Vice, no. but- um that character I believe is from Crisis Core. I don't know if this one was not. Yeah, yes. he definitely is. <laughs> yes, he
0: is. Oh, uh, he is. Okay.
1: Um Why Square, why? They're they're trying to tie together the expanded universe of Final Fantasy Seven. It's it's whatever. It will be cool to see what uh Yuffie was up to before you meet her in game though. Before she yeah. like, brought that you of part your shit. <laughs> has me interesting.
2: Like like, you actually get an explanation of why the hell she was hanging out in this random forest just waiting for Cloud and the others to run into her. Right.
1: Like, she already knows who they are by then, which is cool. Um, anyway, Scarlet will also be playing a bigger role. And she will be riding the Crimson Mare. Uh, also...
0: Uh-oh. Sorry, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> He's getting oh. thirsty for Scarlet is what it is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, buddy. It. It's okay. It's okay.
1: I had a burp that went wrong. <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm good. Okay, okay, okay. Um <clears throat> Oh. Cut that out of the audio, at least. <clears throat> yes, sir. That was gross. Um, yeah, sh- she's in the Crimson Mare, which is basically the uh, ruby weapon, but I don't... I don't know if they're trying to make it its own thing or if it's replacing Ruby Weapon. It looks a little different.
0: I don't think they're Isn't replaced...
1: that like
2: the mech that she uh, fights you with uh, near the end of uh, Disc 2?
0: I don't even remember that. I don't either.
2: Yeah, because I played through 7 recently and uh, one of the last things you do uh, before Disc 2 ends is going back to uh, Midgar. Uh, and uh, you fight Scarlet in a boss fight and she fights in a giant robot suit similar to looking at this.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. I I doubt this is replacing Ruby Scarlet. Weapon. Scarlet. They're gonna keep that big. Son a of a bitch. In, Ff yeah, seven, this, Ruby two. Weapon's huge.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this is all remake stuff. I don't remember you fighting yeah, her in a.
2: I remember that because the boss fight after that is you fight against Hojo. Uh, oh,
0: the, the the disfigured. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh Well sorry. we're doing this we're doing this live, I don't care. I wanna know what you're talking about. Oh there's um Maybe this looks like Heidegger though.
2: Yeah, Heidegger was also in the robot as well, but it was mostly Scarlet piloting it.
1: Uh, there you okay. go. okay. Yeah, I guess so. It's similar for sure. Um if it's not the same thing, it's close.
2: So yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Metal Gear Rising DLC, where uh, you painstakingly fight against Armstrong, um, as uh, I think it was Blade Wolf, or was it uh, Jetstream Sam? I forget which. It's been a while since I played that game.
1: Hmm. All right, so I guess they're combining some like uh, some later parts of the game into this episode, which makes sense because it's not going to be a direct adaptation. Um, so anyway uh scarlet is in charge of creating the ultimate materia that wutai wants to steal uh so yuffie and Sonon infiltrate her division and she graciously lets them be test subjects for the crimson mare a suit of battle armor she developed and pilots herself um scarlet developed the awesome armor personally and takes the pilot seat against the heroes They'll have the work cut out for them. The Crimson Mare comes equipped with interchangeable weapons such as sabers and Mako cannons. True to its name, it's more than capable of painting the arena red with the blood of its foes. Uh, so thank you for that context. I did not realize this was actually like a thing. Um, <clears throat> some other information we got was that uh, you actually only control Yuffie in this episode. Um, that makes sense. Sonon isn't controlled directly... But he can be given orders. So just like the rest of it, whenever you, uh, whenever the ATV uh, gauge fills up, you can still hit a button to do synergy attacks uh, with Yuffie. Um, and then he also has a limit break, I believe. Um, let's see. What's it called? There's a lot of pictures here. (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's called Dance of the Dragon uh, Deliver myriad blows with your staff Dealing a large amount of damage uh, So he's he's a passive participant But like he's still fighting alongside you And you have limited <laughs> control over him um, I kind of like that though Because I didn't really enjoy switching between characters In the base game um, I did it when I had to, but that was about it
2: I thought it was fine. All the characters are pretty unique with each other, and they're all pretty fun for experimentation's sake, but that's just me, though.
1: Yeah, but, like, I didn't like that you had to switch to Barrett for flying enemies, for example, and, like, those kinds of things where, like, you don't notice they're not doing any damage until you switch to the right character would get kind of annoying. Um,
2: maybe it's something that they'll fix here. Maybe,
1: yeah. But uh, Yuffie's limit breaks called Bloodbath, uh, which is kind of similar. It's a flurry of blows that deals a large amount of damage. So they seem pretty basic. There's nothing like terribly complicated about these new limit breaks. Um, these characters in general seem a little bit uh, simpler, I guess. But yeah. probably the coolest thing that came out was the information about the Fort Condor minigame. Uh, so the original game had a, uh, a location you can go to And basically play this, like, strategy RPG throughout the game, um, ending with a final battle that's, like, required for the game uh, to get the uh, phoenix summon from the uh, giant egg or whatever. Like, you have to defend the giant egg, and then... I
2: believe there was also a section of this that was mandatory for you to get a piece of the giant materia.
1: Yeah, that's the phoenix part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I just forgot it was called the giant materia, but... Yeah, there's a bunch of optional ones you can do too, uh, but that's the one that you have to do. So it seems like maybe they're not going to have that location in this version. Um, and they're just kind of adding this minigame in as a, as a thing you can do. But it's still pretty cool. So, let's see. Uh, you select a board, uh, which determines the number of ATB charges and materia available to you. To use along with the units you wish to deploy. Um, you use the ATB charges to deploy a unit. Once deployed, it will march towards your opponent's base and automatically engage enemy units it encounters. A unit is assigned one of three roles: Vanguard, ranged, or defense. These roles determine what enemies it will be effective against. Uh, so, kind of a you know fire emblem system of like the the triangle. Um, materia can be used to cast powerful spells but keep in mind that each orb can only be used once per match so timing is everything that's a new system okay
2: uh,
1: if you have summoning materia equipped and the summon gauge is full you'll be able to invoke a powerful entity to aid you in combat summons fight alongside you automatically but you can issue commands to them using your party's ATV gauges just before the entity leaves oh that's not that's not part of the
2: yeah, that was over.
1: Okay, that, that's not super clear. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it sounds like the, it's basically very similar to how it was in the original game, um, but it's more of a zoomed-in view uh, rather than kind of a top-down uh, grid-based. And yeah, the hopefully
2: zo- it's way faster this time, because I remember the original yeah. uh, For Condor minigame being sl- at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but... It's. It kind of looks like the Final Fantasy XII combat system, honestly.
2: It kind of
1: does. Where it's like you just choose a target and then the enemies go move and attack on their own. Um, but I like the interface for it and everything. And I like the addition of magic. Like it just it adds a little bit something to it so you're not just watching the whole time. You can actually yeah. enact a few abilities as you go. Um. But yeah, it seems like they're kind of they're learning the right lessons from that mini game and making it something really cool and unique this time.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm definitely excited to try that. But anyway, as I was saying before, uh, summons are we already had them, but we didn't have all of them. Uh. So this one, at the very least, is bringing in Ramu for the, I well the first time in this remake at least.
2: And his big fucking beard.
1: Yeah. It's a a good adaptation of the Final Fantasy VII version. Yay. Um,
2: He doesn't have the bug eyes in the original, though, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah.
1: But, like, he's got that majestic, like, wispy mustache coming out. And his robes are ridiculous. But, yeah. Uh, So he uses his staff and bolts of lightning to attack. Typical Ramu stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But... I'm glad he's back. He's like probably one of my favorite summons. Him and Shiva. Um,
2: yeah, he's really cool. And
1: from uh, from Final Fantasy VII specifically, I love Bahamut Zero and uh, Neo
0: Bahamut. Um, the
2: Bahamuts are really cool too. I really. Like
0: I them. like the popular ones. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, everyone likes Pikachu. Okay.
1: No, Pikachu's stupid.
2: Yeah, it's true. Raichu's better. Give Raichu a beer, and it's pretty much just Ramu. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, Ramu's not the most popular, I'd argue.
0: He's not well, even Shiba in all the is, games. He's been replaced with Shiva. Shiva is, if, uh, if you're talking about Rule 34. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah. That are
1: probably course. different. Everyone loves Shiva.
0: Um, but honestly,
1: like, a lot of the summons are great. It's whatever. But uh, one thing that makes me happy is they are including the, uh, like, pre order only. Summons from before in this version, Uh, so you get Carbuncle um, and all his adorableness, uh, Baby Chocobo and Cactuar, uh, in this version of the game, and the accessories that were also locked away behind pre-order bonuses. Because the problem was like you could only get them from like different pre-orders, so I don't think you could ever get all three of them unless you spent like over $100 or something on a premium edition. That
2: Yeah, and they eventually put them on the PS store later on.
1: Yeah, but they cost, like, individually. Yeah. So I never got those. So it'll be interesting to replay the game with some new summons. Um, I think that'll be cool. But, yeah, yeah and then there's a, a bunch of, like, armor and accessories and stuff that are also in this version. So it's going to be real cool. And it comes out on June 10th. Um, for PS5 again PS4 owners get the upgrade for free but the nice. uh, the Yuffie episode is still separate I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that maybe that's 30 true.
2: I don't mind that No,
1: um, it is going to be a bit tough though because like this and Ratchet & Clank come out like a day apart um, so I mean at least this is free but it's still going to be the time commitment <laughs> yeah that's true yeah I'm very excited
0: Xbox announcement when Square? Come on, guys, seriously. <laughs> Jesus, you uh, like it? It's been a fucking year. Let's go. All right, uh, I think that's it, right for that one. Yep. All right, so going from uh, Final Fantasy's weird ass terminology to another whole ass term of weird terminology, and that is the fighting game community. Uh, this is coming from Dota Esports, courtesy of our friend Kale Michael. Uh, Justified, the only person we've interviewed Who uh, has been verified Mr. Verified Esports uh, So, if you've ever heard me Talk on the show, you might have heard me Throw out some weird ass phrases like Footsies, neutral, hard knockdown All that weird shit And you might even go, what the fuck is he talking about That's Stop saying such stupid things Well, that is basically terms In the fighting community referring to certain situations Neutral, footsies, you know, stuff like that Mexican And it's kind <clears> of <throat> Mexican uppercut uh, which I didn't know was a thing until recently, but I was a sheltered child. Uh, so, and that can be kind of intimidating when you uh, go into, like, say, a fighting a person stream and they just start spanning out these terms. Like, what does teching mean? What does wake up mean? What does back rise mean? What does this what's mean? What's a like, just frame? What's a just frame? What's all this stuff? So now, uh, thanks to uh, veteran uh, fighting game player Ricky, better known as Infilament on Twitter... Uh, has now basically made a fighting game glossary, and you can find it at glossary.infield.net. Justin, do you have the website pulled up? Yes. Okay, so do me a favor and type in neutral. Is it pulled up? Yeah. Yeah. So neutral and, and just right here, neutral, the state of uh, of a fight where neither player is blocking or getting hit by anything, and you are trying to figure out the best way to start continuing your game plan. It goes in all explanations and even gives you as you scroll down, gives you different things, and there's even icons uh, next to it if they're game specific. So that's how cool it is. Here's another one. and uh, this is also the really cool feature. Justin, do me a favor and type in Kara cancel. That is K A R A Cancel. Kara. Okay. So then, uh and uh, Kara Cancel is the ability to very quickly cancel into a move into another move before the first move completes its startup. So if you scroll down a little bit, it even gives you, like in Japanese, Kara Cancel kans- uh, or Empty Cancel, there's a video option and basically what it looks like. So now you can see what a Kara Cancel is and they even slow down it at the last second. It's really cool. Um There's even like uh, Kara Throws, which Chun Li can do. Uh, Sagat has Kara moves in Street Fighter Five. So basically, if you're in a fighting game, uh, I'm pretty sure all FTC uh, streamers will be doing this, linking. Like if you have somebody like a like probably like a mod or a mod a, a bot or something, type in glossary and just go type in these terms and they explains to you. It'll give you definitions. It's very and all like it It breaks down the game specific. It's really cool and this is really helpful. For those who are like, well, okay, he, go to this website. tells you everything you need to know. Obviously, I think a streamer will occasionally say, this is what it is. Like, hey, was well, neutral? Oh, well, this is what it is. Or if I'm not sure what something means, I can go to this website. That's a great resource. Um, I think this is a long time coming because God knows there's so many. Uh, do me. Okay, here's another one. Uh, try, type in Okie. Uh, O-K-I-E. This should come up. Yes. Nope. O-K-I-E. It just came up for me. Okay, Ie never lose. No, I mean okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I, okay, I. Okay. So okay, and that's and and so like you can just type in Oki, because sometimes players will shorten it to okay, OK uh, from Okazeme. And just call it Oki, and it brings it right up there. The mind, and that is basically the minds and mix-up that occur around attacking and blocking when someone is rising from a knockdown. So pretty much, uh, Oki is when I knock Justin's ass on the ground, and I basically press the specific button to not let him continue to battle. That's pretty much what Oki is, so, or Okizeme or stuff like that. So there you go. I, I just wanted to put this in there because I think this is such a cool little piece of information. Um, yeah, it's
2: a godsend if you're a fighting game uh, content creator, because yeah. uh, as someone that plays a bit of Smash like me, I'll occasionally use the term sex kick, and you'll probably think that I'm making shit up because it's such a weird name, but it's actually real. And uh, yeah, look it up. Uh, it's actually there.
1: I as like that up. you can uh, filter by game.
0: Yes. Yeah, it, it's there so cool. They're, there, like while there are some fighting game terms that are universal uh, not every there are definitely different mechanics that require certain things that you will like a, uh, things that an MK game will have, like run cancels will not apply to Street Fighter or like smash has its own list of things which is also really really helpful um, yeah, and
2: the Namco games um, have just frames which not a lot of other fighting games have as well
0: yeah so th- this is this is well thought up and, and you know like everybody wonder why like it probably took this guy a long time to put all this and like gather all the information months, I think? yeah I think yes exactly um so yeah again there's the info right there the it'll be in the link uh, right uh, i'll put uh, i'll put the website in the description of this episode you'll find the link to the website to the article and then you'll find the ar- like the website itself so just if you want to go basically go indulge yourself there but speaking of indulging ourselves we have a resident evil trailer coming out for netflix unless you guys have anything else to say about this other stuff
1: you already transitioned now
0: okay moving on so uh because we're sticking with stuff like this uh this is the uh one of the netflix shows i can't remember how many netflix shows for resident evil coming out that are coming there's only one netflix. animated one oh uh, okay so uh I am I didn't I did not watch this until now. I'm gonna let you guys take it on it. What do y'all think?
2: This looks really cool, uh, at first glance, honestly. Like, I'm not super deep into uh Resident Evil's lore, but uh it is cool seeing uh actual animated feature that isn't the movies, you know.
1: Yeah, like I like that it's canon. Um it's it takes place like ten years after Resident Evil two or whatever the one that had Claire and Leon. Um, yeah, it's two. Yeah, and they have to like they basically go back to you know where it all started. Um. So like, there's cool continuity and stuff there, and I mean, it looks really good.
0: Yeah, it does look good. Yeah. It looks better than a lot of Netflix's CGI offerings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, most of their CGI offerings um, it still weirds me out to see Claire like adult um, just because in both the remake and like just growing up playing Resident Evil 2 like, I'm just used to seeing that, young, yeah, that younger person and and more, it so happened with Resident Evil Relations 2 where she's the co-protagonist in that game and she's like whoa well, you're 30 all of a sudden I'm not like what the fuck <laughs> what happened time it's weird um, meanwhile your brother's trying to set you up with strange men <laughs> well it looks cool
1: yeah. Um, and Claire is voiced looked, by her uh, the remake voice actress, which is
0: cool. Is it, uh, is Leon the same? Because he sounded similar. I don't know. I just love Claire it voice the actress. Okay. I think
2: it's, it was Nick Apostlesis again. Okay. Or whatever his last name is, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it.
0: Well, it looks good, and again, this is it. Says it's a series. This isn't a movie, so right. um, voice acting sounds great. um you know, hey, bring the scares, bring the cheesiness, bring the over the insane top villains. Uh, is that Ada Wong? I, I can't tell. Yeah, no, a it's a yeah. new
1: character. Um, oh, it is? Okay.
0: Which is, like,
1: everyone thought it was It was Ada Wong with long hair, but it's it's some new girl.
0: Uh, it's really weird to have, she looks like, scared, um, though. like, yeah, like, I hope Ada shows up because some of the best parts of Resident Evil are her and, um, Leon's romantic slash not romantic relationship so uh yeah they move, gave hold, her name. a name i don't remember beach. what it is
2: this is a bathtub
0: oh yeah <laughs> leon you you fucking idiot whatever um so let's hope for let's hope for ada wong showing up uh it wouldn't be the first time ada wong was cut from resident Evil content this year she was cut from resident Evil village as we've seen in uh concept art that kind that was released oh yeah hmm. she was she looked like a bloodborne hunter which which is look. it's looked pretty cool weird um yeah uh well yeah it, this it, comes it july 8th on netflix yes so more netflix keeps pumping shit out mm-hmm. speaking of pumping shit out um
2: <laughs> nice
0: konami is not going away apparently despite that some of us want them to i don't know it's weird Super Bomberman R online is officially coming, and, like, this is, like, you may be asking yourself, wait, didn't Super Bomberman R already come out? The answer is yes. The answer is very much yes. But this is going to be, like, old-school Bomberman where you can get up to, uh, it, uh, you get to play up to four people, it looks like, online, it seems like. Uh, it's 64 and cro- people online. 64 players, Yeah. Um, the only I think it's other like game... four
1: on a on a screen, and then whenever you beat the other people on your screen, you move to someone else's screen.
0: Yes, That's um, cool. which by the way, the only other console that could do this at the time, back in the day, was the Sega Saturn. Um, it wasn't this big, but it, it was like just big, massive battles. So, yeah, Yay, Bob... Bobberman? like it's it's weird, right? I'm not wrong, am I? I mean, like, the the original I Bomberman R was like Bomberman.
1: good. Like, it was a solid foundation. And this seems like it's probably using that same engine. So, like, it's, it's going to be mechanically solid. I just don't know how 64-player online Bomberman is going to work. That needs infrastructure. Like, that needs yeah. people to play it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we'll lot to see, right? Um, honestly, I'm surprised Nintendo didn't talk to them about, like, hey... What if we give you money and fucking just give it to like the uh, like the online subscription people? But I think Konami wants more money out of that, so I'm curious because I would not mind playing like 64 Man Bomberman where you don't have to get 64 people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people like here's the thing with the internet: they claim to love a thing, and when a thing comes out, they don't it, the, the numbers don't actually reflect loving that thing. So you guys say you love Bomberman; it's time to put up or shut up with this game. I'm sorry. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Um, are you guys going to... Will you guys be tempted to play Super Bomberman Online? I mean, kind of. I'd like to play, play
2: with you guys.
0: I've never like, played I guess Bomberman this has before. been out in Japan for a
1: while. Um, and they're bringing it over here now because it's done well over there.
2: Yeah, the Hololive girls have played the Bomberman R uh, before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me glad I never bought the original one because I thought about buying the original... Uh, Bomberman! Are just because, well, it's, you know, whatever. Switch title. It was a, I think it was a Switch launch title when it first came yeah, out over yeah. here. Yeah. I had um, it. So, so that's cool. Um, yeah, Bomberman is alive and well, and I like the. I saw the big boss costume in there, so I'll probably yeah. Try there's to get
1: costumes. That. There's customizable uh, bomb rays, like,
0: like the you know the effects your bomb makes. Like, there's some cool stuff in there. All right. Well, what do you know? Konami is not. I mean, hey, they have that. Remake of that SN of that NES game coming out later this year. So they're not entirely out of the console gaming market. So who knows? That's true. Konami's a weird console. Give us a new Castlevania. You just had season four hit big show. People were talking about it. No new game. No re- not even a re-release of your old shit. Come on, Konami. Ugh, I don't understand it. No, they got a p- p- they probably have a pachinko machine of the of featuring the anime. Okay, oh, so. uh... Next up, we have uh, a little more serious of an article. This is retaining to the uh, the toxic work environment that was revealed about a year ago at Ubisoft. Um, this is courtesy of IGN. Almost a year after toxic workplace allegations, Ubisoft employees reportedly say nothing has changed. This is written by Rebecca Valentine, courtesy of IGN. Uh, and this is uh, so I'm going to read the update last. Uh, so this is the initial report first, and then I'll read the update. After almost a full year of a wave of harassment and toxic workplace allegations across multiple Ubisoft studios departments, a new report indicates that very little change within the company. What a shock! A report in French uh, publication Le uh, Tigram, as translated by GameIndustry.biz, states that as the first wave of legal proceedings brought by workers' union Solidaires informations jeux vidéo be, uh, begin this month, Ubisoft has done minimal work to improve its work culture. God damn it! Ad video for one. Uh, for one, many of those accused still have jobs at the company, such as Nadeo studio lead, uh, Florent um about whom uh Soledad has published 10 testimonials related to bullying and abusive behavior toward employees. Uh, Castellarac is, is, is still the Nadeo managing editor, director, uh, according to the studio's official website. Another person remaining deep... Uh, remain despite the allegations is former Singapore Studios t- leader Huez Ricor, who Kotaku reported was taken down from his role following an audit in the wake of an allegation. His LinkedIn profile indicates that he did not even he did not leave his role in Singapore until February, three months after the Kotaku report, and whose LinkedIn now says he has a role as a production intelligence director in Ubisoft's Paris headquarters. Um similarly Tegram reports that nothing has changed at Ubisoft Canada and under new studio head Christopher uh, Christophe de Renes, who's replaced Yanis Malat after the latter left the company in the wake of the allegations. Reportedly, there have been since new harassment cases submitted that were sidelined in December of last year. This is all in spite of multiple public facing actions, uh, actions Ubisoft has taken in an effort to respond to allegations, uh, such as replacing former director of HR Cecil Corneille. Uh, with the with the chief people uh, officer Annika Grant Cornet officially stepping down last year as well in the wake of allegations What is a chief report- people officer <laughs> I have no idea French the uh France France people please. <laughs> um, Ubisoft also appointed uh, Rashi Sika as VP of Global Diverse uh for Diversity and Inclusion but an elected representative from Ubisoft's social and economic committee reportedly told Le Telegram that they don't expect anything to come out of these appointments given that many of the members of HR who actively work to cover up and ignore these issues while protecting executives are said to remain with the company. So uh, I'm going to read the update for this article now. Ubisoft CEO... Yves Guillemot has penned a blog post detailing uh, steps the company has pursued to repair its workplace culture following the reports last week to the contrary. In the blog, Guillemot uh, says that over uh, 1,400,000 uh, have, employees have participated in a range of group-wide assessments, including an anonymous questionnaire, and 2,000 employees took part in focus groups and listening sessions. Gilmart also says Ubisoft strengthens its anti-harassment and non-discrimination policies and created a new HR process. Compensation now has new performance criteria, and there's been a range of new hires, such as Anika Grant as chief people police officer, chief people officer, and Rashi Sika, as if, as we mentioned earlier. Management, myself included, have responsibility to act as role models and to be exemplary for our team's give-up rights. I want to stress my personal commitment to continue to improve our workplace culture and create lasting and positive change at Ubisoft. Well, buddy, if you didn't change the last time, why should we believe you now? Plus, isn't he one of the problems? Yes, I believe so. God, it just... It, I, I, I'm not... I want to... Like, it's that, that uh, Fry from Futurama gift. I'm shocked. I'm re- totally shocked. Well, I'm not that shocked. Like... <laughs> Like the, unless you unless you uproot the problem and get rid of all the actually get rid of all the people who are the whore, the source of these allegations. Nothing's going to change in that work environment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can like it's been telling that a lot
1: of their projects are still having issues, and like that comes from the management side, right? Like, you know, we had uh, so many delays on the last few games they had, and most of them came out pretty lukewarm. And then they just apparently uh, restarted development on Skull and Bones, Skull and Crossbones, Skull- that that pirate ship game that was announced yeah, yeah. like three years ago, uh, and we don't know anything about the next Assassin's Creed. And like you know, there's all these things that are so up in the air with them because. And you'd think it's maybe because they've been going behind the scenes to make all these changes to the work environment and stuff. But, to the contrary. Right. It seems like it's just more turmoil. And, I mean, you could argue that maybe people are expecting immediate change. And, you know, these things are are happening slowly over time, which is how everything works in business. Um, and so, the, obviously, it's not going to be an immediate change and stuff like that. But like, if there's still sexual harassment claims that are going unnoticed, like, or un, uh, what's it say? Unresolved. Yeah, unresolved. And new claims are coming up too. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's not change. Like, change can be slow, but if those things are still happening and they're still ignoring them, that's not change.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's, it, I... I like. I think we talked when we talked about this a year ago when it saw leaked for the first time. I think we all felt pretty terrible for the employees and go. Why would you work for this company? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it just goes to show you like when a certain type of people hold power, what they will they, probably they're probably doing everything. They, I understand the legal process is it's not fast no matter what country you're in, but the most all those fuckers a should have been fired. Or it, like been forced into a you're suspended without pay position at, by this point because uh, the number of allegations that were coming up against these people were not just one or two it was a lot mm-hmm. to warrant that kind of that kind of uh, discipline but apparently they and don't have a few of them were just to...
1: shifted off to a different office
0: yeah pretty much <laughs> just and and like you know um, that's something similar to DC Comics had where like well we're not going to fire this person we're just going to sh- move them over here so they're not a problem with those people anymore so nobody talks about it anymore. we're not gonna fire them because what for whatever dumb because for whatever dumb reason i don't understand but yeah i feel feel sorry for the employees that to put up with this shit yeah
2: yeah that's rough man
0: all right so e3 is right around the corner um we're almost approaching and i we have plans just to let y'all know i don't know if they're gonna be good plans but we have plans (laughs) um and obviously, now it is time for, say it with me, fellas, speculation season! Woo! Yeah. Uh, or, ru- or I should say, rumor season, uh, rumor season, regarding this article. So this is coming, this is a rumor, so I want to stress that. This is coming from FanBite, uh, written by It Emer is a credible Kong. rumor, though. Credible rumor, but I want to stress it's a rumor. So always take rumors with a grain of salt. You'll be, because yeah. when it doesn't happen, you won't be mad at me. Um, uh, according to uh, Imran Khan of Fanbyte.com, Square Enix is set to announce a new action RPG Final Fantasy spin-off. Um, over the weekend, a number of rumors have swirled around the possible E3 announcements as traditional happens in the weeks leading up to the industry trade show. In particular, a rumor seems to swirl around two websites, Reddit and Gaming Forum Reset era, about a new Final Fantasy spin-off that Square Enix is announcing this year. The rumor states that Square Enix is working with T Ninja, Koi Tecmo's in-house development team behind games like Ninja Gaiden and Niho, which by the way, the collection is coming out uh, next year, or at next month. God damn it, where has time gone? That was announced in February. Ah! And perhaps most relevantly, the last entry in the Final Fantasy fighting game series, Dissidia and T. Uh, So there's that relationship already right there. The posted rumors go further on by assigning a game as genre, something akin to Neo or the Souls games, suggesting it takes place somewhere in adjacent to the world of the first Final Fantasy game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Our sources have corroborated this rumor and suggest the game is Final Fantasy Origin. The game, which is uh, appeared to be exclusive to PlayStation 5 with a PC release for Down the Road, we won of Square Enix's 10 polls at their upcoming E3 show. For whatever reason, several large chunks of the updated June show ha- have now- have leaked out, including Final Fantasy Origins logo and demo plans. Square Enix hopes to release an alpha demo this summer, not unlike Neo's public alphas to solicit feedback from the audience, but the game is still fairly an early release, uh, release date. This demo, like several other major demos, has its own t- title, Stranger in Paradise. Terry Moore is going to sue somebody. Accept the title to play similar to Neo or other games with the genre, and it kind of goes more in detail. So, a Final Fantasy spin off game that takes place in the same world of Final Fantasy 1 by the same people who made Neo. How do we feel about this, guys?
2: Uh, if this rumor is true, then I'd be excited to see something <laughs> like this. Because we haven't seen a whole bunch of. Uh, Final Fantasy stuff that's specifically based off one. Aside from like a few remakes or like a few appearances in like the city or whatever. But uh, yeah, I like to see some uh, modernized uh, FF one in any capacity.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a pretty open template because there wasn't a lot of like lore to Final Fantasy one. Um, what lore? <laughs> I mean, there, there was a little bit. Like in the in the later releases of the game, they added in a few more. Uh, characterization type things.
0: Barely! Dude, I played the PSP version. It's
1: barely there. Yeah, I know. Um, the GBA version is probably the best one. Uh, Dawn of Souls, whatever it's called. But anyway, uh, it is funny to me if it is, if it does end up being called Final Fantasy Origin because wasn't that the PS1 collection of 1 and 2 together?
0: It yes. totally was. Yes, it was.
1: yeah. So, like, they already had a, well, not a spinoff, but they already had a title of that name related to the first game. A little confusing. Um, But maybe Uh, that's on purpose.
0: Yeah, I don't think they would, I I honestly don't, especially now that, Justin, we're in a whole new generational gap now. There's going to be people who were not even alive when Final Fantasy Origin was even released. So I think I think I think they'll be okay calling it Final Fantasy or Origin. Although it's odd to call it Origin because none of the Final Fantasies say except a few of them are even connected. So it's like, mm-hmm. what's? It's just like other than that, other than that, it's gonna just take place in the same world as the NES game.
1: Yeah, like what are they origining?
0: <laughs> you know? They all have their own origins. Either that well, you're playing. I think
2: as there was like time travel shenanigans in the original Final Fantasy, so there's probably gonna be like a. Time travel thing, if that's a thing.
0: Do you play as the bad guy, and you see how he gets there? Just play if, as Garland. If that happens, I I, I want ten dollars from each of you. If that's if that's what ha- if that's like the game where like you play up to like and it basically bleeds into Final Fantasy, the start of Final Fantasy One, where the heroes of light come to kick your ass. Oh yes, please.
1: Um, I'd be down for that. Related to well, not totally related to this, but on a similar note. Uh, I would love to see like a Final Fantasy Warriors game. I think everybody um, everybody does. Yeah, like I, I just you know we we've seen how well those spinoffs can do. I think that would be the next logical one to do.
0: Oh my god, yeah, and they they there's such a cast of characters like they they honestly should do it like the first Zelda war, Hyrule Warriors where it's just fan service galore have. Fucking Empire and, and Memorials. Yeah, have have fucking Cloud meet Cecil from Final Fantasy. I mean, technically you already they've already I mean, done each other cu- that's with that's basically
1: this. what Dissidia does, like with the yeah, story. No, yeah. yeah. But so, I don't like yeah, the gameplay sorry. of Dissidia. <laughs> yeah.
0: Listen, I yeah. I want an intricate cutscene where Yuna, Tifa, and Aerith are all having tea together. That's all I want. Just they don't have to talk, just just them drinking tea.
1: I I want that same cutscene, but they're all having Tifa together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it I guarantee you that I already exists somewhere I guarantee it um, yeah. you just pay a a premium fine uh, <laughs> one of horny gel and one to the artist okay just
2: pay extra DLC for more of Luna's uh, Lulu's belts
0: yes <laughs> oh man okay that would be I hope topic. this exists that's
1: the that
0: that would be a fun topic breakdown like what is your Final Fantasy Warriors roster like base roster looks mm. like. Uh, that would be a fun thing. To do. Maybe we'll consider that at a later time. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, let's move on to the next episode. Next episode. Next uh, bit of news, which is both uh, tangentially related and also kind of sad. So I apologize. Um, this is also Final Fantasy related. Um, uh, as if you those who don't know, um, last week the uh, manga community was hit with a tremendous loss. Uh, that Kentaro Miura uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right uh basically the yeah, mang- sounds right. the mangaka of the very critically acclaimed popular berserk uh, uh manga uh, unfortunately passed away um and uh Final Fantasy XIV, Kenoki Yoshida, yeah he he was uh yeah exactly the age of 54 um you know and berserk at the time was not finished uh and um now it won't be finished by the original creator and that's that as a person who likes stories like that it's it, that's really hard working I, I will say I've never read Berserk it's one of those tent poles I've never gotten around to um but I guarantee you me and just like a lot of people this week we probably now have the urgency to do so whether it's not by him or not but uh as how does it relate to video games uh, cause we don't really talk about manga that much on this show if at all um uh, earlier this week, like I said, it announced that Kentaro had, had passed away at the age of fifty four. Um, it's hard to overstate the influence of Berserk had on video games, from Final Fantasy VII's iconic Buster Sword um, uh, to the monster and the world design of the Dark Souls series. But news of uh, Miura's death seemed to uh, particularly organize affect the Final Fantasy 14 community, who quickly organized a tribute to him. Uh, and this is and this is really why I posted this. Um, and this happened across multiple servers. Uh, berserk is largely credited for like basically kind of shining the light to dark fantasy big swords stuff like that and it's, it's, especially with final fantasy the, the the dark knight class um and so basically you had a bunch of dark knights uh, as their primary class um basically line up and have i think they had cancer from them basically it was a big vigil for him and i think like it's hard to under like and I didn't you don't realize how some- how influential something is until like you look at it, like the Akira bike slide is a big one that I know of, but like other people may not know that like this like it, like you know the fact that like you probably wouldn't have dark souls or like like is the, the the um the dark Knight class um that we know of in Final Fantasy that's a staple now without berserk first and like just yeah. and not just how. Not, like, how, like, amount of people in video games are coming out and, like, how much this, this particular manga inspired them for their creations going forward. So it's a a tremendous loss to the, to the creative community overall.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I actually wanted to dip my toes in the berserk because it was one of those manga that has, like, a really unique art style to it, and, uh. I do like uh, the main character, Guts, because he's pretty much the big badass Dark Knight that you see in all these video games and stuff.
0: Yeah. Also-
2: and uh, I'm, I'm more inclined to do so now uh, in honor of uh, Murasan's memory.
0: Yeah. Um, it even says it here in the article, um, Honestly speaking, this is not limited to Final Fantasy XIV, but with any game that I've been a part of, there are elements where consciously or subconsciously I was influenced by Mr. Miyura's work, Yoshida continued, The most obvious of those inspirations is Final Fantasy XIV's Dark Knight, which was a massive sword in combat. We took inspiration from the way that Guts stands in those panels in Berserk and the way, and that was in images I showed to my team to reference when we were thinking about the Dark Knights, Uh, even when we were thinking about how to position position in uh, in each other the cutscenes. Yoshida said that referencing Berserk became a tried-and-true method of communicating a mood and style for some Final Fantasy XIV cutscenes. When words failed to convey what Yoshida was envisioning, he showed... Uh, the development team specifically comes from the manga Uh, it's unfathomable just how much influence he has uh, he's had on everybody Um, he said clearly getting emotional it's such an unfortunate loss Kintaro passed away on May 6th from acute aortic dissection news of his death was only made public early this week when Young Animals editorial department released a statement through Berserk's official social media channels Um, so I will warn you uh, I've had people who have read Berserk it's not for the faint of heart um. It's oh no! It's, it is not. It's not. So just be aware of that. And there's some brutal stuff in there. So you might want to look up what that stuff is before you go into it. I understand when we'll he's supporting our. It's
2: basically fists and North Star on crack and swords
0: and and a lot of a lot of gratuity of uh, and a lot of intense violence. Um. But yeah. So um. I don't know if Justin's gonna pick up, start reading Berserk, but I know at least you and I, Tyler, will will start reading it. I don't understand. Um. It's just reading.
2: Pretty... Uh, big dude has a big sword and slays demons. No, mm-hmm. I mean
1: like I don't, like the the reading of it. I, I, I have a hard time with the.
2: Um, you read it backwards, right?
1: Um, I have like I actually have a um, a manga of I think it's Ocarina of Time. Um, nice, and I just I have it as a keepsake more than anything. Like I'll I'll never read it because I don't understand the like I can't read backwards. Used... It feels weird.
0: You get used to. It. Uh,
2: you're not actually reading it backwards. You're reading it normal, but. The way you're turning the pages and uh, looking at the panels is reversed. It's really not that hard to grasp.
1: I mean, I could barely understand reading comic books until, like, ten years ago. So, okay. yeah. Training my uh, mind to do that, but opposite is tough. Isn't there, like, an anime version, though?
2: There is. There's, there's uh, several. There's, uh, one from the 90s, and there's also a recent uh, animated series, which not a lot of people are fond of. Mm. I'd honestly just go with the the original animated series. Honestly, gotcha.
0: yeah. It just again, it's it's uh, not for the faint of heart. That's all. I'll it say it's not. It's not for the faint. of it's
2: heart. It's pretty
1: brutal.
0: Yeah. Uh, for a lot I love of the
1: Fall of people. AC14 community though. I'll say that. Yeah, they, yeah they're no. they're great people. What a
0: bunch of chads! Yeah, I I, I got emotional seeing that. I, again, I don't even have a connectivity to Berserk. But I got emotional seeing like how like they were affected by it, and like mm-hmm. that stuff makes me God. good on good on you guys. All right, this is our last news story of the day, um, which is unfortunate. It's kind of just happened very recently earlier today. There we had the Twitch rivals, Mortal Kombat X lives, and it was actually pretty running well. This is presented by Maximilian Dude, the most popular fighting game streamer on on Twitch. Um, the goat. And uh, but unfortunately, as we were heading into top eight people, if you're watching it live like me, you started noticing, wait, why are they taking so long to come to the tournament? And actually, we actually saw it, I think it might have started, there was a match that was going on, and all of a sudden, the game just slowed to a pause, and from there, the tournament just never presumed. So, and now we learned why. Again, this is courtesy of .esports, uh, featuring our friend, Kale Michael. Uh, apparently, multiple, uh, uh, it was put on a hold because players were being doxed. And the event had Ooh. to be postponed. A Mortal Kombat uh, X live event put in partnership between two trials, Uh is put on hold. Uh, news came out during Top 8 when the team help, helping run the event was made aware of various players having their personal information shared in Twitch chat. Um, and uh, 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 it looks like there's a tweet from Ninja Killer, who is one of the participants in it, asking for the, the commentators. To basically put uh, the stream on hold because people are post- uh, DDoSing and posting to streams and people uh, posting information they shouldn't be posting. The doxing was noted multiple times on Twitter and in the live chat with multiple users reaching us to Max and Twitter. I was noted that in various information, such as addresses, were being uh, shared. This happens to multiple players, including Julian, Deoxys, Garina, and Curtis Rewind McCall several player uh, users have mentioned that the person responsible for this doxing has been active for several weeks posting clips of another MKX player Ju- uh, Julie Celine being kicked from an online event on May 4th and it wasn't the first instance of it happening him either and um, uh, and uh, this comes with another tweet of At Nath uh, Narth fader which that's a great name. Uh, <laughs> MKX is being targeted July got hit uh, uh, July 8th got hit um, three weeks ago. And it, there's a video uh, of, of, of sort of similar doxing that's going on. Um, Max and Twitch Rivals team put the event on hold. Right before top eight of the competition begin. and have confirmed that MKX lives will be held in two parts. The second portion of the event will be discussed and scheduled in the near future, and it will feature the uh, same players. Uh, this is an update uh, that just happened not that long but less than an hour ago. Twitch Rivals has released an official statement. Uh, we do not condone any harassment of any kind on Twitch. We have pause today. Uh, Max pre- presents MK lives. MKX lives. Two Travis tournament to ensure the safety of our participants top 8 phase of the tournament will be rescheduled for a later date of course um so yeah this is fucking disgusting mm-hmm. um it, like in the fact that like this has happened before i know i don't know how right this is but like apparently there might be some salt from the mk11 community not everybody, obviously, but like people who like MK community because MK11, whether I like it or not, there are definitely people who do not like that game and they prefer MKX. And they, some I think, there's some people going around saying that that there are some people who don't who like to hate the fact that MKX is being featured and not MK11. And either way, I'm just gonna say this: you, you, you know, doxing people like grow the fuck up like putting people's personal information when it shouldn't even be out there is extremely fucked up and you basically ruined... Everybody was having a good time. The matches were hype and you basically just said, fuck you, everybody go home. You, you got the ball, you stuck a knife in it and that's it. And I hope this person... I hope the kindest person... And I don't know what kind of legal applications you can do to a person who doxes somebody. I don't know if there's any law to, to like to, to, to char- put charges against it because basically you're putting that person, at uh, the person you're doxing, at harm Um, By putting the information out there because who knows what somebody can do with access to that information Um, but it's a shame such a great tournament that was featuring uh, uh, the return of a game that people love in Mortal Kombat X to be put on hold because of some foolery
2: yeah it's it's pretty screwy uh, how this all went down
1: Uh... yeah people are idiots this shouldn't happen there's no reason for this to happen
0: yeah and it's it, it didn't have and again this is not the first time that max has held an event like this killer instinct didn't have this and um and of course marvel the ultimate marvel skype 1 3 didn't have this so i'm not saying it's the mk community but like the fact that it's happened before regarding mortal kombat x it's somebody in it's again it's not the whole community but somebody who either hates mortal kombat x or just you know for some reason i don't i don't get it, it it's a why do you have to be mad bro it's only game that classic meme that everybody loves. It's only game. You don't have to watch. I it. I don't
1: understand what makes these people feel vindicated in what they do.
0: Like I don't either. Man. You're a
1: terrible person. Stop doing terrible things. Think terrible yeah. things in your head all you want. Just don't act on them. Be a terrible person yeah. in your own mind. No one wants to be around you.
0: Or <laughs> either that, or they get off by like ruining people's fun. You know, oh yeah, that's definitely like I, it. Uh, Yeah, because I mean, like I was enjoying myself watching this tournament. Um, cause normally these things don't happen till the night, but the fact that it started like at one o'clock our time, I was like, fuck yeah, I get to watch all this before the, the show starts and then getting canceled, which is a shame, but I really hope that the players are safe more than anything else versus my oh, yeah. enjoyment of a, of a simple tournament. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fuck you who put these people in danger. That's fucking awful. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and, and move on to our final topic of the night, which is... I need to think of some kind of cool jangle there. Last week we did final <laughs> bosses versus Thanos. This week we're going to do the counter opposite to that, which is protagonists versus Thanos. And we're going to have two categories. Versus Thanos, if they can beat Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, which is going to be hard. And then. Uh, he can, where uh, they can beat Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet. I figured it's easier to start off without the Infinity Gauntlet because Thanos is a strong dude. But as you saw, he's not unbeatable. So, yeah, I'm going to go first because I already have mine without and I'm going to be copying myself from last week. Kinda. But if there's one man who I'm going to pick in video games to go one-on-one with Thanos and to beat him and to get his ass kicked... Over and over again, and to still keep going until he finally uppercuts him to death. Ryu. This the yeah. it's the one person I can think like. There's obviously fighting game or protagonists have. There's a whole bunch of like plot armor and shit you can have. I don't. I'm not applying that here. I'm talking about pure perseverance, and I'm not gonna fucking stop until you're down. It's 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 Ryu. And also technically he's already kinetically fought Daniel, so it's kind of already funny. Um Yeah. So if there if there's one person who I would I think could do it just by sheer determination and his martial arts skill, it's Ryu. I can see that. No challenge, really? No, I figured it's one of y'all would challenge me on that. I mean
2: yeah, because you would also have to figure in the uh, state of nothingness that he gains in Street Fighter V. Uh, that would definitely uh, give him an uh, advantage over Thanos, wouldn't it? I would think so. That And he also has uh, the Satsui no Hato as well. But Ryu which is doesn't... kind of a super state.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't like using that, though. He wants to be away from the Satsui no Hado. True. The problem is I feel like there's
1: a lot of protagonists that could beat Thanos because generally protagonists have plot armor and so the most ridiculous like friggin' ethan winters and resident evil 8 like he takes down so many giant like absurd creatures granted he has his own you know specialties but i'm just saying like thanos without the the gauntlet like is just a big dude
0: he i mean he took out the hulk he beat down the Hulk, my dude. He's not just like that and he not just beat down, surgically beat down the Hulk. Yeah. like
1: fisticuffs, sure, but a lot a lot of protagonists like have you know other abilities. Hulk's just a big green dude. He punches, real good. Hulk punch really But good. like, you know, uh, like a ranged fighter for example
0: probably could take down Thanos.
1: Like I mean, any Thanos of
0: them. Is, Thanos Thanos could jump pretty far. I mean, he he it's not like he's chopped without the stones. The stones just give him like immense phenomenal cosmic power. He was he was strong enough by himself. The th- the stones just give him a nice upgrade. Hmm. So Justin, who, who's who, who's taking down Thanos?
1: Well, I I stand by that a lot of protagonists could take down Thanos. Um, my first thought was going to be Zero, just because you know it's Zero, um, and like the way he goes after Sigma, like there's kind of some similarities between Sigma and Thanos.
0: Yeah, big ass dumb chins. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yep, and stupidly powerful. Um, for yes. seemingly no reason, but. Yeah. I want to have a little more fun with it. I think I'm going to go Samus. Oh, okay. I'm curious. Because like I said, ranged fighter. Okay. So, I mean, think about like, she, think about the kinds of things she's taken down. Like, you know, Kraid and mother brain and Metroid prime and like all these big, powerful things. Um, gore, you know, giant robot brain. Um, She killed an entire species
2: all by herself. That's true,
1: yeah. Uh, Metroid Queen, yeah. Like, all from a distance. So she's got super, you know, basically radioactive, uh, beams from her gun. And, like, tiny little nukes (laughs) that she can explode at will. Um, power armor with, like, multiple, uh you know life sources essentially like if you think of like a fully powered samus i'm i'm trying to like explain the game side of it you know like yeah. she has multiple life bars but how do you how do you say that like in real terms um like just sheer force of will and like being able to keep her distance i think she'd be able to take him down it would take a while like she's not the strongest but i i want to see that battle you know Okay.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty hype. Yeah.
0: That is pre- yeah. All right. Tyler, what protagonist is taking down Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet?
2: This one's a little unorthodox, uh, considering uh, you guys probably don't know much about it. Um, my pick for Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet would be Ragnar the Bloodedge, the main protagonist of the Bla- Blaze Blue series. I could see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, uh, his deal is that. He has uh, the MacGuffin of uh, Blaze Blue, which is called the Azure Memoir, which is basically a piece of the Black Beast, which is pretty much a giant monster that destroyed the world a hundred years uh, uh, from uh, their timeline. And uh, it has all sorts of uh, crazy powers attributed to it. Uh, it can absorb people's souls, and it can uh, restore his own life force if he gets injured. Uh, He has a big-ass sword that turns into a scythe, and uh, he can also uh, channel the grimoire to uh, turn into pieces of the Black Beast, like his mouth, his claw. Like, the only thing that kind of holds him back from beating Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet is that he doesn't have full control over it. Like, uh, the Azure Grimoire is basically a piece of a monster that he can't fully control on his own. So, uh, if he went full Black Beast at will, probably, but he doesn't have that kind of power, so I'd say it's a good bet that he can at least beat Thanos without the gauntlet.
0: Okay. So now comes the tricky part Thanos with the all powerful Infinity Stoneslash Gauntlet. What protagonist is taking down this fearsome purple grimace? <laughs> My pick is gonna piss y'all off, and I, I kind of, ho- I, I, Tyler, I hope you really don't have the same one as mine. The one character that I think could take down Thanos to the Infinity Gauntlet, Sonic the Hedgehog with the Chaos Emeralds, boom!
2: Oh my god, that was my pick. Yeah, I was knew it? it. I fucking, fuck I
0: fucking it. knew it. <laughs> Is wow. The only th- What other powerful colored MacGuffin could take on another powerful colored MacGuffin. There you go. Sonic yeah, would be the only pretty one. Much how it goes? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, technically, Thanos would have access to you know the the, the time stone would probably fuck Sonic up, and Sonic runs on the timer, so that doesn't exactly help him. But if we're not talking, we're talking about having a chance to beat him, I'm giving it to Sonic with the Chaos Emeralds.
2: Yeah. I would say so as well. Like if he had, if he was quick enough, and uh, the speed boost does make it so that he's quick enough to like bypass uh, the time stone manipulation. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm only imagining that he can beat him. Thanos does the time thing, thinking Sonic's gonna work, and Sonic just speeds back. Uh, uh.
2: Just powers uh. through it.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. So that
2: was awesome. I can't believe we had the same pick.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like a uh, See, I, this, one, this one's a lot tougher because I'm trying to think of a character that can also do time manipulation, like at will. And that's not really something that you do in video games because it's broken.
2: They did it in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5.
1: Fair, but is that a video game character?
2: Well, he was in Jump Force recently.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, who is it?
1: <laughs> okay, my, because I'm biting for time. Uh, my joke answer is Young Link from Majora's Mask. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> because he can just he can just play his little flute and go back and tie whatever he wants. <laughs> So You're
2: like right before he just uh impales him or whatever, he can just play the song a time yep. and just go back to the He's beginning like, of the fight. Boy.
1: Um Okay. Plus I'm sure the light arrow would do some do some damage. I was gonna but, say
0: Fierce Deity Link could probably fuck up Thanos. Yeah, that's the, true. Gauntlet, Fierce, yeah.
1: Fierce Deity Link is actually pretty good. Um but I don't know if I have a real answer. Like I I struggled with the final bosses because I was just trying to think of like something ridiculous enough to go against him. And most protagonists, like yeah, they take down the final boss, but like mostly by plot luck. <laughs> um, stop it, Weasley. I yeah, I, don't, I think I'm just gonna stick with fierce duty. Like like. Now that I think about it, I mean that whole suite kind of works because he's got the giant's mask, so you know sheer force he can he can go uh, what is it twin mold is that the name of the boss um, he can go twin mold on him and just like you know buff up and and boom 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 Hulk style um, he's got the ranged attacks which I mean Thanos could just reality stone change his arrows into bubbles or something Um, stone mask to basically go invisible like there's some options there it's a dumb answer like a kid against Thanos but I think Thanos would respect him you know yeah like he would respect his moxie and probably wouldn't like just mess with him like he did the Avengers he would give him a fair fight
0: I feel ya. Yeah. Okay. That's. I think that's a solid answer. So basically two teenagers... Um, t-
2: my alternate answer, uh, by the way, was gonna be Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear. If he uh, let his uh, gear power go uh, unfiltered... Oh, yeah, yeah, Uh That would definitely have a chance.
0: Yeah, Thanos has no shot against Soul Bad Guy. Okay. Cool. Alright. Wow, well, what are the odds that you and I both say fucking Sonic the Hedgehog... Yeah, right. Pretty high, I think, like, actually. That's, that's
2: the only one that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So that was fun. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I kind the... of these
1: fights. Like, do you remember the old... It might be still going on, but the old YouTube series that, like, had animations of just various characters battling it out? You mean Death yeah, Battle?
0: Yeah, Death
2: Battle's still going
0: on. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like it's, like, super even more popular now. Well, I mean, I I only watched, like, the old ones. When it was like spray. They really innovation. just
2: had Poe versus Iron Fist.
1: Like Poe Dameron.
2: No Poe from Kung Fu Panda.
1: Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I kind of want to see some of these like in that. That'd be fun.
0: Hey, who knows? Hey, Death Battle. If you do Sonic with the emeralds versus Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, I want royalties. That's all I'm saying. I know you don't own those characters, but I want royalties. Are you um, sure they haven't yeah, already? Right. No, they haven't. I, I I subscribe to their channel, but I don't watch. I would have know. I would have been braving about that shit. It's okay.
2: strictly Sonic versus Mario on two different instances. Mm,
0: yeah. All right, all right, and gentlemen. That's going to do it for this episode of the Charge Eyes Games Cast. Before I pass it on to my friends, I have some news. E three is coming up, and we do have plans to do some uh, some good stuff. Number one that I'm proud to announce, we're going to do a live stream maybe next week, if not the week after. Uh, we're going to do a bingo making stream where we're going to collectively pick topics that we're going to put on a bingo card of uh, what we think might happen for E3 2021. So we won't have individual bingo cards, but we'll have bing- uh, one bingo card as a collective. And if you're with us in the chat, you can with us, you can suggest stuff and it'll be a fun time. And also speculate, we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff. We'll be bringing coverage uh, as it comes along. I don't know how exactly I'm going to handle this because I've never done this before, but hey... We're gonna at least do one thing, and that's the bingo card making session. Uh, with that being said, let me and pass we'll a share to it to Justin too, for
1: anyone that wants to bingo with us. Ex-
0: exactly, Justin, plug your stuff,
1: please. You can find me if you look for zero score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, we stream this show on my Twitch channel, and then I also stream on Thursday nights uh, with my friend Chris. We've been doing Ocarina of Time online. Um, which is a really weird, fun multiplayer mod that doesn't always work right. Um, and nope. I've also been... Uh, it While working on the chunk that is my second Ratchet & Clank retrospective video, um, I've been putting out some little mini-reviews of mobile games I've been playing, which are pretty much the ones I was talking about already today. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of been that's been me lately all
0: right and tyler please plug your stuff with the beautiful people
2: you can follow me on twitter at hey it's that ty you can check the pin tweet for that links me the links to the my youtube channel where i pretty much just do a youtube retrospective of uh old ps1 fighting games uh it's called tiger shoes reviews and i always have fun making them Uh, you can also follow me on twitch.tv slash shoes one where I do weekly streams for Fire Emblem Three Houses. I literally started uh, Saturday at the time of this recording. And due to scheduling conflicts, I won't be able to do Saturday evenings anymore. I'll keep you posted on uh, what day that's going to be going down. But it is continuing, so no worries on that front. And uh, we also have Atomic Chart where Justin and I look at bad monster movies from the asylum uh we literally just put out uh mega Shark versus crocosaurus uh that should be on the site as we speak so yeah that's cool it's got all sonic right. in it <laughs> yeah oh,
0: all right everybody thank you and you can find me at twitter.com slash iggy for all things related to the self-proclaimed marvelous one uh and uh, my latest video on earthbound uh came out so i kind of talked about earthbound and basically just my state of mind and state with the state of the world and stuff like that it was a very cathartic video to make i think uh, thank you for everybody who's watched and shared it's it, it was hard to make that one just getting the motivation to do it and but finally get it out there so i'm glad it's out um and of course like i said my next video will be blasphemous so hopefully we'll have that at the end of june early july we'll, we'll see how that goes Um, and, uh, you can follow me. I stream three days a week at twitch.tv slash iggytoyon4. Yesterday, I just fucking did my longest stream ever in five hours. Uh, streaming Mass Effect, uh, one for the, uh, like, uh, Legendary Edition. And I won't lie, if I didn't work that day, I probably could have streamed, like, till in the wee hours of the morning. That's how, like, if I had the energy, I could have done it. Uh, but I think we had a good stream. We had a hilarious, um... Bounce glitch, not glitch, but like very funny uh, instance with collision detection. That's on my Twitter feed. You can find it. um wow. And I'm so tempted. I might play it again this week, just because I really want to fucking play through this game and relive these memories. And this universe it's so fucking great. Um, but Wednesdays will not change. Wednesdays will still be a grandia time because I still want to showcase the game that opened the door uh, to JRPGs. So that'll be continuing. I apologize for not having a stream the previous week. I just didn't, I didn't feel like it after coming home from getting my COVID vaccine, having that eaten. I was like, you know what? Fucking stick it that night off. It's fine. Um, and, of course, uh, go to ChartShot.com for all things concerning ChartShot. Uh, of course, we have several shows going on right now. We have, of course, ChartShot Gamescast. The Voices of the Vanguard is back strong in a new format. Um, and also we have, of course, these guys doing Atomic Shart, uh, whatever. Um, Puts some respect and, on it. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm still questioning why I greenlit it. Respect the shark. How many yeah. movies you got left? Um, is it five, six? Uh, seven. You got seven oh, more. Uh, why did I agree to this? Uh, just, just, re- just <laughs> You're not the one reviewing It's yeah. Yeah, just, just looking at him hurts my soul. Just, just looking at him hurts my soul. Uh, Cinema shot is coming between me and Tyler. Uh, it's just unfortunate with the schedule changes. Uh, we have to figure that out, which will work out. But it is coming. It's not canceled. I'm not canceling that. I really want to do that series. Um, it just it just might take longer to do. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to do it, guys. Uh, of course, you, also, if you listen to this audio, we stream this live every Monday at twitch.tv. It zero score. Um, so if you want to come and join the festivities, come join us live. If not, again, you could, this will be all on your podcasting needs. Leave us a review if you're so kind. But that's going to do it for this uh, show tonight, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next week, guys, stay charged. Have a good night, everybody.
2: Bye, everybody.